Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Jesus said to them again. Now, this is after verse 6. Verse 7 usually follows in my Bible most of the time, uh, verse 6. But Jesus used this illustration in verse 6, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. I love this first part of verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All, would you notice, and we always know that in the Greek, all means the same as what you think it means, all. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus says. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. This is an exclusive statement. Again, an exclusive statement made by Jesus Christ that he is that only way. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Similar type of statement. He is the only door into that sheepfold, into the flock, the family of God. He is the only access. Not a bunch of different ways, but the only way. And I reject what we hear so much of today of this idea that there's all these different options. Jesus is the only option. That's it. It's exclusive. Jesus is the only option. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. And he said, this is how it works. Now, we can be obstinate sheep that reject all of it and ultimately leave the planet rejecting God. And there is no eternal life for those who would choose that. Now, people can get upset about all that, but that I'm going to tell the truth until I go to be with the Lord. This is simple. It's not complicated. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the access. He's the door. Now, people say, I just don't like that. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm concerned for their everlasting life, but it, I've made my decision. The fact is you and I, as sheep of his hand, need to be assured of this because this is what vies for your attention. Young people, you get into college, this vies for your attention. You know what pushes up against the buttons all the time? is secular humanism, evolution, all these ideas and concepts that put themselves above the shepherd. You know who our shepherd is? We don't even know how many galaxies there are. And he created all of it. As a matter of fact, the stretch of his hand spans it all. How big is your God? Where is your God? 
Where's Muhammad today? Where is Buddha today? Where are these other gods, so-called? You know what? Mine's alive. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ resurrected. He sits at the right hand of the Father because he ever liveth to make intercession. In other words, the fact that he's alive is the statement that he intercedes for me. Now, people choose to reject Jesus Christ. I am bummed about that because everlasting life is forever and ever and ever. The hope that we have as we shared about our loved one that has gone to be with the Lord Jesus Christ is the hope that the reality is the resurrection is the statement of the truth. It validates everything else that Jesus ever said. He is the resurrection and the life. Man, he did the work for you, for me. He is our shepherd. What did David say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When the Lord Jesus Christ is your shepherd, you shall not want. Because, man, there is nothing that compares to the beauty and the presence and the love and the grace and the mercy that just proceeds from the throne and the presence of God to a person's life. Nothing, nothing compares to that that emanates from his presence. And when we fix it, and this is why I say, fix your eyes upon the Lord. Keep your eyes on God. Listen to him and him alone. There are many idols out there. And people say, well, I've heard from God. Okay. I hope so. There's a lot of voices out there that can start running around your head. The enemy can get inside our minds and we can start getting little idols erected in our minds. And we can be our own idols. Our own ideas can be our own idols. And all of a sudden we start, well, I have peace about all this. Ooh, uh, be careful. You can read about this in Isaiah. Because you can hear a lot of different things. But man, we want to follow one chief shepherd. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. All, he said, whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep, those who were really his, did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the thief comes to do. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy wants to steal your joy, your peace. He wants to destroy relationships. That's what the enemy comes in to do. And then it creates confusion. That's, that's all the work of the enemy. Jesus says, man, that's, that, that's, that's the work of the enemy. He says, I have come that they may have a life, and then they may have it more abundantly. Notice the contrast between the two. One is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus says, no, I, I've come to give life and that they may have it more abundantly. That there might be an abundance in his presence. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life 
for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Again, we describe that most of the shepherds, it was a direct relationship between as an owner. They, They have invested in, they are a part of, connected to the sheep. And he says, the others are hireling. This is interesting. I find the correlation between this and ministry and that we are called to be shepherds and to care for and to love on. And that free will is, is, is in place, and especially in an open ministry such as we have at Calvary Chapel where people can come or leave. You know, this is, it's open. There's no membership. Man, if, if you need to sign on a dotted line to be committed to the body of Christ, well, I, you know, that, that's, I don't find that anywhere in the Bible. And so, you know, we just don't, we don't proceed that way. But the idea is, is that there's the choice, man. I, man, we're hearing from the Lord. We're hearing the word of God and we're drawn into his presence. And so we choose to gather together under that banner of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's not complicated. It's very simple. And it's something that is a blessing as we enjoy that. But the hireling, you see, ends up with the enemy comes along. It's like, hey man, woo, I got no stake in this, you know? Bonus package isn't that great. Car allowance kind of stinks. You know, whatever the complaints are, I'm out of here kind of thing is what happens. Not so. I believe very much both in the calling of a shepherd and I also believe in the calling of the body of believers. I I really believe that. I believe that we are called to assemble together. And I believe there are many voices out there that call to us and we need to listen for the voice of the Lord and to gather together and to worship and to enjoy his goodness and his grace, not by constraint, but willingly, hilariously enjoying what God is doing. Man, what a blessing we have in following the Lord. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice and will be one flock and one shepherd. And this is really speaking about the Gentiles that will ultimately be called in, which is most of us, I believe, called in to the body of Christ. So that there's one flock. Remember, not Jew, not Gentile, but Jew, Gentile, anybody. It doesn't matter, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, male, female, all of them become under one heading, and that is the body of Christ, the church. Now, the body of Christ is vast, isn't it? It's large. Calvary Chapel is one little segment of, of the body of Christ at large, but we are one body at large. Now, what's interesting is, is I know that, that as the body uh, grows and God does things, there is that reality. There's tons of, of brothers and sisters all out around us, and I understand that, and I think that's wonderful. The key is, is there's a right way to come and go. 
in the midst of the body of Christ. There's a right way to come and go. And anything that would, would lead to confusion, anything that would lead to divisions unnecessarily, that's not from the Lord. That's not from God. Because God does things in a peaceable way. God does things in a way that is open. And oftentimes I've found that <clears throat> there are those that somebody say, hey man, the Lord just purposed this and we're going to do that. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's good. But as soon as it, it turns into, hey, well, I don't like this and I don't like the way you and I don't like, and then, and then all of a sudden that starts going, whoa, 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 that's not from the Lord, man. All of a sudden. The ideal or the concept is right. But when we come and go, we need to do that peaceably. We need to just come and go if that's what we need to do. But not with this other stuff because that's not from the Lord. It's just not. And this is a biblical truth. I think it's wonderful to be in a place of Scripture that describes how the Lord moves and how he operates because we are one body, aren't we? And people say, well, how come you aren't you know, out there pushing unity all the time and a part of all these unity things and this and that? Well, gosh, we are one family. We don't need to run around and try and prove we're a family. <laughs> My kids, we don't get together and have a Stuart fest. You know what I mean? And we don't, I don't try and tell them, no, remember, we're all stewards, you know? I mean, I, that, that's weird. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Well, the thing is, is we are one body. We don't have to do anything to prove that. We just need to live that way. We are one body unified in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. We are come together in him. And so it's great, man. One big, giant body of believers. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Jesus laid down his life, and this is the validation of it. And he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command... I have received from my Father. He says, the Father has ordained this. He has given me this ability. I lay down my life for the sheep. Willingly. He says, no one's taking it from me. I willingly give that. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon. He's mad. Why do, why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Again, the usual conflict that takes place when the simple gospel is proclaimed. This is the battleground for all. Those who struggle with the release of their life into the hands of the shepherd, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our shepherd. It's that simple. We're following the Lord. And in that, the Lord has created also a structure to function within the church. Our basis of gathering is the lordship, the headship of Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. And we are all following him. Then we have pastors, teachers. We have those involved serving as deacons and elders. We have those involved in worship pastors. We have those involved in serving in all kinds of different areas, children's ministry, hospitality, all these different aspects that form the body of Christ. 
And it's just a beautiful thing as it's orchestrated by the Lord, as we're reliant upon the Lord. Don't let anything distract you from keeping your eyes on him. He is our chief shepherd. He's the one we want to fix our eyes upon. Focus on him. Listen to his voice. Man, we know our shepherd's voice. I know there's those that for years, you know, and I still listen to Pastor Chuck, and I listen to uh, Rawl, the ministry that we came out of, and I can tell you, Anytime I'm anywhere, if I'm even in a large group or anything, I hear any of those few voices that I know or those that God had put in front of me, man, I I hear them. I I could be in a large crowd and I would hear them and recognize them. Now, it's very helpful. Rawl's got a really strong Hispanic accent. So that's helped me out a lot. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, it is true, but I'm kidding about that part of it. The reality is, is, is that, man, we want to be listening for the Lord. People would say, well, gosh, it just seems like he says the same thing over and over again. Rawls very evangelistic and stuff. And he said, it seems like he says the same thing over and over again. I said, man, I don't know. You must not be listening. I had my Bible, and I was hearing from the Lord every service. See, when we get together, we're here not to nitpick and to pick apart and to get sidetracked with the Krispy Kremes or anything else. That's not what we're here for. I'm looking this way now. We're here, we're here because we want to hear the voice of the Lord speaking to our hearts from his word that we might just receive that washing of the water of the word upon our hearts and our minds and our lives, that we might just be refreshed and restored and encouraged in our journey with Jesus. And... As a family of believers, we celebrate birth and we celebrate death. That's what happens in families. That's the way it works. We celebrate success and we comfort in failure. We help to pick up and encourage. That's what we do as family. We don't just, you know, buckshot all over and scatter all. No, man, we, we stay together serving the Lord that we might bring him honor and glory. You know, I know as uh, we move forward in the Lord, there's always that aspect of the enemy getting in and, and doing things. And do you think for a second that a group our size that's being entrusted with radio ministry to our metropolitan area, the fact that you guys have got missionaries sent into Mexico, into Korea, into Japan, and that we are interactive with other missionaries all over the world that are, we're directly connected with. Do you think the enemy doesn't want to stir the pot and get you distracted and me distracted with a bunch of other stuff? Are you kidding me? What battle zone you been in? You know, this is, this is all part of the reality, isn't it? And so, what do we want to do? They would, as the battle was described, they were to lock arms. They created a thing called the turtle shell. And the only way it worked was they had their shield, and they'd put their shield up like this, and they would lock arms, and they would move forward, and it would create shelter for all of them because of this putting their their shield up above, and now they're all covered, and they would move like a turtle 
So all these things would be hitting the top of them, but it doesn't affect them because they're locked arms and they're moving forward together. Now, guy on the end, he's got his like this. The other guy's got his like this. So they're covered all the way around him. Amazing concept. But it works as we all lock arms together to move forward. Even though the enemy's hurling stuff and is hitting bing, 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 bing all around us, it's okay. Because we're trusting the Lord and we're moving forward. Nothing's covering the backside. It's all forward movement in all your gear that you've been given. In Ephesians chapter 6, all your stuff is offensive. You're to move forward, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do together. But I'm telling you, it's a battle. And we got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We got to keep our ears on the tracks, listening for his voice. And we got to keep trusting the Lord and letting God have his way. Father, we do thank you so much this morning for all that you're doing. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here hearing your word. They're gathering together to hear from you. Lord, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. And that the good news is not just life more abundantly. That's, that's a benefit of it. But the real gospel is that you laid your life down for the sheep and that you take it up again. We serve a risen, alive Lord and Savior. Powerful. Lord, we thank you so much that you have given us that resurrection power. And you've given us the hope of everlasting life. We thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for your joy that you've given us. And we thank you, Father, that you are the one by the power of your spirit that moves in and through us to bear fruit to your glory. And Lord, we, we pray for salvation. Lord, for those around us who, who just don't know you, that Lord, they would come to know you in a personal way. We thank you that that free gift is just a prayer away. Just asking Jesus to come into our hearts, to forgive us of our sins, to be our Lord and our Savior. Acknowledging that we desperately need you, Lord. We're sinners and we need you. Lord, we thank you for that finished work on the cross. Thank you for giving us such a wonderful message. And thank you for being the good shepherd, the one who loves us with a perfect love. Help us to just kind of muse on that throughout this week and to think about your goodness and your grace. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Jim. You know, in, in the book of Acts, we learned a great little story. And I think about it sometimes when we wrap up a, a message like we did today and, and how there's just a, a response that kind of stirs in us when we hear God's word. You know, there was a, a guy that was a, a, a Philippian jailer. He was, a, a you know, just a jail guard. And he realized that the people that he was interacting with uh, were worshiping God and uh, connected with God. And his response when he interacted with these guys, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. You know, God's got a plan and a purpose not only for you, but for your family, for your household, for your friends. But it begins with you giving your life to Jesus and getting right with God. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've gone to church your whole life but never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you did give your life to Jesus, but you're not walking with him. Either way, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel message, the good news, that God loves you and and has a purpose and plan for your life. Anyway, God loves you, and it's a simple prayer of faith, and it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God will forgive you of your sin if you will confess your sin. He will be faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Let's pray that prayer right now. Jesus, I want to ask that you'd forgive me of all my sin, that you'd come into my heart and make my heart your home. I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for everlasting life. And fill me with your Holy Spirit that my life might please you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us again next time on Living Fountains. Jesus, come.